0: Yo, so they came around looking for you the other day. Word, word, word bussing. Informer, you know say that I'm a I I keep down. Take the man necessity that a Stab, down the keep on down. you know say that I'm a I I keep on down. the man that a down the lane. <laughs> I keep on down.
1: And it's The Thing is the Thing. Welcome, episode 71 of The Feminine Critique. I'm Emily. I'm Christine. Uh, We are here today to travel back in time a little bit, to hop in our... um, uh, why can't I suddenly think of the name of the car used? DeLorean. Thank you. I was going to say, first I was going to say Delmonico's, which is a steakhouse. Yep. And then I was going to say Death Star, which is a Death Star.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but no, our DeLoreans to the 1980s. Uh, a very different 1980s than from whence we grew up, I think. Uh, what movies yeah. are we covering today, Ms. Nellis? We're, nice?
2: we're covering American Psycho. Mm-hmm. And The Informers?
1: The Informers! Which I can't say not that way, by the way. Just get used to that. Uh, yeah, so two movies based off of Brett Easton Ellis novels, or short stories, I think the latter. Uh, I wanted to cover American Psycho. This was That was my pick because I had just seen the Broadway musical of the same material I'll talk about that when we talk about the movie and Christine decided to pair it with the, uh, the informers
2: a movie that I had never seen and had heard things about.
1: Uh-huh. well uh we'll, we'll, we'll have something to talk about there uh so yeah remember Christine picked the informers
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> okay uh before we get into those movies anything new around the Texas bends of, of your life Christine not really no, no nothing it's, to talk about no books available or anything it's been raining a lot oh i'm sorry oh my
2: phone just made a noise i was trying to get my evernote up because i thought you were gonna make me start talking about oh, I, i'm going
1: to i just I, I like to
2: try to warm you up a bit first well um, yeah no no yeah. not much not much going on here it's hot and it's, it's been raining okay it's, yeah well then
1: fine exciting life you lead down there i
2: do thank y'all
1: okay so then tell me the real interesting thing about you what movies have you been watching
2: i know this is the only thing it's worth talking about pretty much um i'll go quick because i kind of have a lot um i rewatched queen of the damned
1: (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen queen of the damned
2: I like this movie. Okay. Sure, it's tinged with um, more than a little nostalgia for me. Fair enough. But I like it. Okay. Um And every time, and I, every, I maybe, maybe you and I should watch it together. Cause we, I should, think uh, we should
0: cover
1: it because I've never watched it. People
2: are getting sick of me saying the same things about it. <laughs> but um, I don't think Zach had ever seen it all the way through. I think he'd seen bits and pieces. So we put it on, kind of just like to have on in the background. And of course, I ended up sitting in front of it. <laughs> not not accomplishing anything but um yeah I like that movie okay um we rewatched uh Twin Peaks Firewalk with me
1: okay as you know I, I've never watched any Twin
2: Peaks I, I know this about you mm-hmm. I love this movie it is amazing okay. if you want to hear me talk about it eventually there'll be a podcast out nice. with other people where I talk
1: about very it very nice is that a projection booth
2: no it's um the mad bad strange oh bad, awesome. Bad. awesome. I can't ever remember the right bad, words. Mad, bad, and downright
1: strange. I believe. There it is. I start to trail off. <laughs> it's <laughs> a yeah. lot of words. Words are, we lose words as we get older, guys.
2: Yeah, and it's, what, almost 7.30 Central Time right now. You're lucky I'm still awake. Um, so I, I got to talk about Firewalk with me, which I love more and more every time I see it. Okay. Um, Rewatched Dagon, 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 Dagon. I think.
1: This is a Stuart Gordon Yes. Have okay. you ever seen it? I haven't, but I love... I. It's rare that I don't enjoy a Stuart Gordon film.
2: I really like it. Okay. Um, I think I watched it on Amazon Prime. Hmm. All right. So, I don't know. If you're ever in the mood, um, this is, I think, the third time I've seen it. I, I, I don't know. It's it's compelling to me. Nice. Um, I don't know why we watch some of these movies. So... <laughs> randomly put on also streaming Just Friends which is the <laughs> Ryan Reynolds Amy Sue The reason movie. I know this
1: movie very well and chuckle whenever I hear the title is because Rod- Roger Ebert's review of it is one of the greatest things ever He loved it, right? Uh, shockingly, no but he his review of it is basically him trying to write a review of it and not being able to focus on it uh, so just check out go to Roger Ebert Just Friends and you'll, you'll see what I mean
2: well, I want to go in right now.
1: Well, we're doing a pot. I mean, I guess I can close oh. it, but. No,
2: I'll look later.
1: Okay.
2: Fine. I think this movie's funny, and I laugh at it every okay. time I watch it. I've seen it multiple times. I know.
1: I see a pattern this week. <laughs>
2: I, don't I don't know what's wrong with me. So, we went to the movie theater, and we saw a movie called The Darkness.
1: Any good?
0: I heard terrible
1: things about it it's middling at best Um, okay this is the one it's the guy who did wolf creek oh is it i believe and i think it at first it was going to be like a like it was filmed as an r-rated pretty intense film and then they decided to pg-13 it up is what i understand
2: oh weird i didn't do much digging on it because i didn't find it compelling okay like it was weird narratively. I don't know. And it it wasn't scary. It just it was just kind of like hmm.
1: Mm, okay. But you that's, know, that's kind fast. of the gist I was getting from it.
2: Yeah, I didn't hate it, but I don't. I I find it very forgettable. And I think if we had waited another week to record, I would have said the darkness. What the fuck is that? I wouldn't have <laughs> been able to remember what it was.
1: Uh, it's got a really like eh, title. Like I'm yeah, it it sounds a little forgettable. It's um, Rada Mitchell again as the wife. And I feel like that's generally her thing in horror films I
2: like her though
0: I do too Um, She
2: didn't always have to
1: play the wife
2: No that's true she could play like the mom (laughs) Yes Or like the nurse
1: True Or (laughs) the lady next door
2: Exactly look at you branching out
1: The cat lady There's possibilities she's versatile Or the lady that looks like Melissa George Right
2: yeah definitely Definitely that one um, I watched a movie I don't know if you've seen it yet that I like a lot less than other people seem to be enjoying it um, which is they look like people
1: no I only heard about that today and I saw like three different people rave about it so you didn't yeah. care for it uh uh-uh. uh mm, okay this, I don't know uh, an English <sighs> language film or no it is it is it an is, English okay. language film alright
2: um I, I maybe it was one of those expectation things mm-hmm. like the title was like On point for me, yes. The synopsis, I'm like absolutely. It looks bare and minimal and tight, and like you know, really interesting subject matter. And then I was just like, oh, this is it. Interesting.
1: Okay, I'm gonna try to watch it soon because I feel now like I have to weigh in.
2: I think you. I think you should. I'm very curious. Okay. I would. I would. I would. Um. I, I think you're gonna go. One of two ways. I don't think you're going to be down the middle on it. Okay.
1: Okay. We will find out.
2: Dun, dun, dun. So I watched Zoolander 2.
1: All right. And what would you think? It was awful. Oh, where do you stand in Zoolander?
2: I like it. But, but like, there were, you know, I chuckled a few times at Zoolander 2, and then, like, it was basically because they were just like rehashes of jokes from Zoolander, mm. so I don't know, and and I wonder if I, if my my feelings about Zoolander have more to do with nostalgia than well, Zoolander it actually is an play. odd one.
1: Zoolander to me has produced a uh, a film phenomenon I like to call the Zoolander effect, which is when you see a movie and you're Aply like, oh, "That's not very good," and then you watch it again and you're like. Oh. <laughs> chuckled once or twice and then you watch it a third time and you're like that's the funniest movie ever because that was my experience with Zoolander. I had a friend who was like, "Oh, you have to watch Zoolander. It's so funny." And i heard, and this was like right when it came out the theaters. I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's getting really bad reviews." And I felt really bad watching it with her because she loved it, and I was like, "No, I'm just this isn't funny. I like the one joke about Gary Shandling, but that was it." Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I watched it again, like caught it on TV, and like chuckled here and there. And then I watched it one more time, and man, is it funny the third time
0: around. <laughs>
1: I I have fond memories of it. I
2: own yeah. it on DVD. Like I thought it was funny. I would watch it when yeah. I wanted to watch something funny. Yep. But
1: I've not um, revisited it in a while. Yeah, uh, Brandon hasn't seen it, and it's one that I'm like, oh, I'm like no, no, we should watch it. But you should watch it the third time. Like somehow get it out of your system two times because the third time is the charm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely um... like if if time travel were convenient, like that's how I what I'd use it for.
2: Yeah. Just yeah, fast the way. forward
1: to you yep. having already seen to it. To him twice. watching it the third time, yeah.
2: Well, I wouldn't recommend the second one. Okay. Right. Um, you know what I would recommend the second one of? I don't. Neighbors. Ah, oh, all right, all right. I still I, haven't seen the first one. I liked the first one, but I also like Zac Efron and um totally blanking on her name, which is Rose Chloe. Byrne. Oh, Rose Byrne, yeah. I, so, like look, I'm already in it on the first one i thought it was funny enough it was mm-hmm. it, it was what i kind of expected from that type of movie so i wasn't like offended or <laughs> that's a big problem with how little they paid attention to the baby i don't know that's a big problem for people eh, well i way,
1: mean babies raise themselves these the way days. the right, baby was the internet, treated ipads you know
2: she was so cute though hmm. um the second one is maybe my favorite movie of uh, 2016. wow yeah bold
0: words that,
1: that is a bold statement it made me cry three times. Aww. I loved it. Aww.
0: Yeah, so... oh, well, good. Do I
1: need all to right. see the first one to see the second one? Yes. Okay. At some point in life when they're both on Netflix, I'll watch
2: them. And then watch them. I think you would like the second one as well. All right. Um, watched a movie that I've always wanted to watch all the way through but never made it more than five minutes in.
1: <laughs> that would be Flatliners. Oh, man. That... You know what's funny? That's the kind of... That's a movie that I've seen... Every minute of it, never in sequence. I've like would walked always... in on that movie on at the end, and I've seen the middle chunk of that movie in the beginning, but never sat down and watched it beginning to end. So I can recommend you watching
2: it from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Okay, it's it. Yeah, I've seen it start so many times,
1: and I don't it know. It used if to I always either... be on cable. I think that's I guess why. that's what
2: it is, yeah. and I never actually watched it. So I watched it. Okay. I think it's on um, Amazon Prime. All right, might be where I watched it.
1: We used to have uh, um, we we had a video like a local video store, and we used to like every week drive behind the dumpster and see what movie posters they were throwing out. And so we had like a big cardboard cutout of Flatliners in our basement for a long time.
2: Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah. child friendly. Um, totally. Another movie I think was Amazon. Actually,
1: I have a little red hoodie, and every time I wear it, I I, I pretend I in my in my own way I pretend, I pretend that I'm the kid Keeper Sutherland uh, does bad things to. You've never seen it. How do you know that plot Because I've, I've seen that part of it. I've seen that part of it. No, I'm saying I've seen all, all of it, just never together. Guys, Emily just spoiled Flatliners. I didn't. I just said first there's a little boy bay in a hoodie, and that's, I associate that with Flatliners. I was
2: so surprised by that twist. Yeah. That see, t- when
1: you see that, that twist is- first, it kills something for you.
2: I can, I can imagine that it yeah. would. <laughs> um, there's a movie on Amazon Prime called Windchill. Oh, is that Emily Blunt? it is emily blunt okay, thank you could remember her name
1: miss <laughs> soon to be mary poppins which i think is kind of oh neat. yeah i just cool. announced her and lynn lin Manuel lin Manuel miranda miranda manuel of hamilton uh they are uh, doing a new mary poppins and gary uh not gary marshall thank god rob marshall <laughs> is directing it uh, um that's yeah. neat yeah i think so um she's good in this movie okay I've heard I of it, this movie, but I I've wanted, never
2: seen it. I wanted it to do a hundred different things and it mm. didn't do any of them. It Aww. just did a boring thing. But you know, whatever. Okay. Um I rewatched Scream. All right. why not? I saw um you know that Lucy Lou vampire
1: movie? Uh kind of. It's think when it's you called, say that I'm like, yeah, but I don't know the name.
2: I think it's called Rise but that's also there's like you know a Colin colon and, and then something else Okay, so, something so I watched that any good it was not it was not very good okay I wanted I wanted to love it because it's Lucy Lou is a fucking vampire I do like
1: her a lot I do too, and I like, and I want her to get good roles because she can be really fun in the right role.
2: She's so funny and charismatic. Yeah. but sometimes it's just like I feel like in this movie they were almost like, no, 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 go sit down. We'll let other people act.
0: <laughs> You've <laughs> no, had a long I'm name. I'm here for fucking
2: Lucy Lou right? Give Lucy. Oh. Um, I saw X Men Apocalypse in the theater, and your thoughts? Eh, I, I don't. None of those are any good.
1: <laughs> first class was really good.
2: Or first class X2, was really fun. X2 and X-Men first class. X-Men first class is the Citizen Kane of Mar- of Fox produced Marvel movies.
1: <laughs> that's that's that is a fair statement although it doesn't say that much. <laughs> exactly. When your only so competition love- is like Spider-Man and Fantastic 4.
2: <laughs> that second Fantastic 4 movie though, no, it wasn't very good. Um <laughs> It was, but but people people were like, oh, it's this is the the weakest one of the new ones. But like, I feel like you always kind of get so, a certain thing with those X Men movies. Like, yeah, no, I'm not a
1: you, you were great. an X Men comic fan, right? You read the comics. Yes. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't, so I have uh, I don't bring anything to those movies, mm. and I just I just want to be entertained by comic book movies, which is why it's blasphemous to say it, but I didn't hate the last stand and when i say that in a room full of people that are like x-men fans i get death threats lobbed at me but i don't know i just i want stuff to happen in movies and so x-men just isn't a franchise for me i think i've come to accept
2: well i i think it's they're they're really they never fixed it like they started off the decisions they made with the first Three movies are were confusing. It mm-hmm. didn't really make any sense, and it's kind of my com- complaint. Anytime you you adapt something, but you don't you don't do it do it whole hog and you don't do it with your own spin you just kind of half-ass adapt something that's a good way yeah i hear you pull from different places and i i felt like that's what the first three did it it wasn't an adaptation of anything but yet it was slavish to other aspects Mm -hmm. of things never really making a cohesive story which is frustrating and when you have that
1: many characters it just uh, makes it very confusing and they
2: they just care about anything they just cherry picked whatever they want. And I remember yeah. watching the special features of X-Men First Class, one of the producers, I believe it was a producer, said that they didn't want another blue person. <laughs> like that was that was like, their that, that was how they were picking decision. characters. Yeah. Like, oh let's let's put some characters together. Not characters that have relationships or characters that would right. be interesting. Ew, together. that color
1: palette doesn't work.
2: Exactly. So therefore it was no silly. beast. Yeah. So when they when they reboot um, in Days of Future Past, effectively rebooting the franchise, mm-hmm. I thought that maybe they would be like, "Well, let's 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 you know really go for it this time."
1: <laughs> and it's a di- and I mean that's the only one that's a di- other than Part Three. That's a different director, right? That's Matt Reeves. Part Three, not Part Three. No, part, part Three is Brett Ratner, but um, yeah, di- not Days of Future Past. Oh wait, you're talking about Days of Future Past. I'm thinking of first First Class is is other Matt director on. Thon- Right, and then it goes back to Brian Singer. Yeah.
2: Yeah. He. he X Men First Class um, was successful in spite of Singer trying to be involved. Right. I don't know. But, like, it's. I'm going to see every. I'm not one of those people that's going to complain and then you say, like, well, why'd you go see it? Well, I'm going to go see every X Men movie until the <laughs> end of time. I, I, I will see them on my respirator. Like drag me away from the x-men movies i just wish that they i I just constantly wish they were something different but quicksilver is adorable as always
1: okay well that's good
2: and then i watched a documentary about sugar
1: about sugar (laughs) yeah
2: it's it's called sugar coated and it's about not having sugar but like i like those documentaries
1: is it gonna make you not want to have sugar or make you want to have more sugar not want to really like do they keep showing close-ups of cookies and like sticky donuts because that's i don't care if you tell me what's like that they're made of you know horse glue if they give me a close-up of a chocolate chip cookie i'm still gonna want one
2: i i don't think so that there were more like pictures of teaspoons with sugar on them
1: <laughs> all it right and okay. like cakes that I can resist I, I can I, I'm not big on the you know take a spoon and stick it in a sugar packet and, and lick it that's not my thing uh, so I'm just just checking like if it's if it's gonna help me not eat sugar or if it's gonna make me crave things just checking that. this on you Netflix know, it or go, Amazon
2: it could go either way um Netflix okay I had to think
1: all right, I'm, uh, good worth checking out
2: I liked it, yeah.
1: Yeah. I may give it a spin. And you, madame. Oh, that's everything. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was expecting, like, a folio from you, based on what you said. I went fast. Okay. Uh, My list is mid-sized, I guess, this week. Uh, I had a few documentaries myself. One was on Netflix, and that was What Happened to Miss Simone, which was Mm Oscar-nominated, the documentary about Nina Simone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I am a big Nina Simone fan. I've always found her fascinating and kind of unlike anything else. And this is a, a good, kind of very straightforward documentary about her and her life and her talent. Um, worth watching if you have any interest in her. Uh, fascinating woman, g- genius musician who was uh, could do things that nobody else could, and who also happened to come of age at a, you know, at a very dramatic and important time in American history, where as a black woman, uh, basically she became what she was because she couldn't get admitted into a classical music school because she was black. Um, so instead she became the New Simone and all that comes with that. So, and there's also, it goes into, you know, her be having manic depression, which was something that was not readily diagnosed back during her prime. So it's a it's a good watch. Uh, worth, worth a watch if you're interested. Mm. Other documentary. This was on uh, the HBO Go app. This is Six by Sondheim. And it's just a documentary about Stephen Sondheim. Who of course mm. is a hero of mine. Uh, and it's, it's interviews with him. And interviews with other people. Kind of going through through his life. But they frame it kind of by taking six of his most famous or most kind of uh, interesting songs in different shows and sort of using those to explore how he writes and why he is kind of this musical genius and so on Uh, so I enjoyed that Uh, you'll be happy to hear that my husband and I queued up Annabelle and I liked it yeah yeah, I love it Okay. Um, and that's pure very simply because it wasn't the killer doll movie I was hoping for because Wayne you put a creepy doll on the cover of your poster and you know you do all creepy things with her I'm like ooh alright what's this doll gonna do well the doll doesn't not, not really a spoiler alert the doll doesn't really do anything correct yes um, but so that disappointment aside I thought this was quite well directed um the, like, initial attack, like, early on in the film, there's some violence that I thought was done really well. Just in terms of being very chaotic, but really unnerving and sudden and effectively done. Uh, the art direction I thought was fantastic. This is It's set in the 70s, and boy, does it feel like it. Without mm-hmm. being like, oh, look, they're wearing bell bottoms. Like, no, it's just the apartment was clearly very carefully modeled and designed to be as if it was 1972 or whatever year it's supposed to be. Uh, So I liked it. I I admired a lot of the decisions in it. Um, And I will look forward to what that director does next. I forgot his name, but I think he has a good eye and, you know, how much of that was also – in a lot of ways it's kind of a lot of its strengths were similar to the strengths of The Conjuring and I wonder Mm -hmm. how much of that was the production house and overseeing or what but it was a a strong outing I thought Uh, on Netflix Instant some movies that were going off of Instant Watch uh, one of which was A Tale of the Mummy from 1998 this is directed by Russell Mulcahy who did the Highlander series Highlander and Highlander 2 um this was kind of a shitty 90s mummy movie but hi I'm Emily. I like shitty 90s mummy movies with I have really bad it. CGI. Yeah. Bad bad CGI, but a really good cast. So you get Sean Pertwee, you get Jason Scott Lee, Jack Davenport, um Gerard Butler in a very small part oh, and God. uh in a in a cameo. Sir Christopher Lee, really? Yes, interesting. Yeah, it's it's really not good, but it's it moves and it's fun, and there just there aren't that many mummy movies out there, and I'm not the biggest mummy fan, but it's just something different. So for that, I enjoyed it. Uh, Netflix, long wait DVD, The Black Plague from 2002. Okay. So this, um, what's really funny about this movie, it is not The Black Death with uh, Sean Bean. Mm-hmm. This is The Black Plague with Lena Headey. Okay. Uh, completely different. Completely different movie. This, I mean, this was made like 10 years before The Black Death, but also starring like multiple Game of Thrones actors. The, and it's, I mean, it is kind of straightforward. It is the year 1348 and... Uh, Lena Headey is like the lady of this village where all of a sudden there's a plague and stuff. Uh, it's there's like concepts behind it that are really good because it kind of is sort of exploring the idea of pun- like the plague being punishment for man's sins and everything. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Lena Headey's really good in it. Um, it's pretty gross because everybody looks. Plaguish and medieval which I like oh, fun. In movies the, the the best thing about this movie that's just really funny Is so in the movie Lena Headey is you know this lady And blah blah and she is not Like a queen or anything she doesn't sit on a Throne she has brown Hair but All the DVD cover art for this movie Now is essentially Cersei Lannister sitting on a throne so the cover is Lena Headey with blonde hair sitting on an iron throne, which is not the movie at all. But clearly they found a They're way to... They're trying to, to reach yeah, a market, huh? Clearly. Um, but this, I don't know, it was a long wait, so it's not easy to be found. But if people are out there like me who like a good plague or medieval movie, this, this had some interesting things going for it. It was too long. It was too slow. But I think it also presented some really cool ideas and concepts. So that's mm-hmm. that. Um, a different kind of black movie on TCM Underground. I had recorded a movie called A Bar, the Black Superman. Mm-hmm. it's A black exploitation from uh, somewhere in the seventies about a sort of Jekyll and Hyde-ish thing where um, this uh, scientist moves to a white neighborhood and is constantly threatened by white people because white people are the worst. Uh, and he also and he makes a Potion that can basically turn Somebody into Superman and They can be strong but also control people With their mind and stuff and so he gets a guy to take it And he saves the neighborhood This is a terrible movie it's really bad Production values uh, but I enjoyed it because it's it's Bad and it's earnest Of course you did I did Uh, Another I had a weird run of movies I really did Um, I think I talked about Cyborg last time so this time, I watched Cyborg 2, starring Angelina Jolie and mm-hmm. Elias Coteas. Uh, very 90s, very early 90s. So early 90s sci-fi, Angelina Jolie is a cyborg. Elias Coteas is in love with her and protects her. And they, sci- they fight people and shoot people and stuff. Um, Again, uh, not great, but fun, and it moved a lot. Billy Drago was also in it. and um, I, What I like about Billy Drago is he's never in good movies, but he's always in movies. He's just always there, and he's always <laughs> doing something weird. <laughs> uh, uh,
0: funny.
1: Probably the worst. No, I don't know. Okay, yeah. I think this movie was worse than A-Bar. Uh, Slaughter Hotel, a.k.a. Hotel... Oh, no. Asylum Erotica, a.k.a. Cold-Blooded Beast. Too many AKs. This is a lot of AKs. So this is from, like, 1970, thereabouts. Another long way to Netflix. Stars Klaus Kinski as um, a psychiatrist at this, um, like, uh, what would you call it? Like, not, it's not an asylum. It's, like, one of those, like, really nice estates where wealthy women who are having mental problems go. Like a clinic, I guess they would be I like a, a
0: what resort,
1: like mental resort kind of thing. So there's all these beautiful rich women retreat, who retreat, yeah. retreat, yeah, who have different mental problems. Some who actually have mental problems, some of them who don't. Some uh, them that are just tired. Some some of them are just <laughs> tired and don't like to wear clothes. They just keep taking their clothes off. Uh, and then somebody's killing them. So there's a mystery. This is I didn't really it think about it until the great. end. What's that? It sounds great. Uh... It's. I mean, it's. It's terrible, but it's a giallo, which I didn't think about because it's so trashy. Mm-hmm. Um, like there is just it's one of those you know i, I have it on it 's like a Sunday morning, and i 'm watching it, and like as i 'm watching it i 'm t- writing about it and they're typing, and my husband just keeps like walking by because he 's getting his breakfast he 's brushing his teeth, and just every time he walks by, there happens to be labia on screen or just like <laughs> unnecessary boobs um or just something, he just keeps walking by looking at me and just like shaking his head uh, and it 's just you know like i can 't defend it it's This is just a terrible movie, and I 'm entertained by watching it. Um, but yeah, it's it's like it is a there. I mean, there is black gloves, there is a lot of boobs, and there is blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is definitely a giallo. Um, not a good one, but an but entertaining not one, one that you're recommending. Well, I'm recommending it for anybody that likes really, really sleazy, trashy '70s horror. Yeah, which is for me. Like I'd recommend it to myself if if our timelines split coherent style. And I met – and I was talking to Emily and I was like, oh, what would you watch recently? I watched this movie Slaughter Hotel. And other Emily was like, should I watch it? To her, I would say, yeah, I think you'd like it. (laughs) What does that say about me? I don't know. At least you know Uh, yourself. I I do know myself in my own way. All right. The next thing I watched was also on HBO Go. Um, And this was called Daybreak from 1993 mm-hmm. this was a made for hbo movie based on a play uh it is near future or somewhat future a plague has broken out across the land uh young people are kind of recruited sort of in like this army like place uh there's a plague so if you're caught with the plague you get quarantined and kind of sent away and Moira Kelly is, like, the young lead. Martha Plimpton's her friend. Oh, Moira Kelly falls in love with Cuba Gooding Jr., who is, like, a resistance fighter. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, the whole movie is a pretty clear analogy for AIDS and for kind of the whole panic of uh, that era of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this The movie itself is kind of dull like because it has a lot of ideas and it it's filmed like in New York City and Washington Heights which is kind of cool but it just um, doesn't translate cinematically as much as it could have I guess but it's entertaining just to see who else is in it so John Cameron Mitchell is in it from Hedwig mm-hmm. um, several actors from Sex and the City are in it in very different parts and it's just amusing to think of it that way uh, yeah it wasn't particularly good but it was there i guess not really mm-hmm. um, a recommend. it's no slaughter hotel okay I mean, what is though indeed all right. and right two more uh one via netflix instant uh one that i had seen people talk about and this was the hello not the hollow not the gallows but the hello hello h-a-l-o-w
2: what does the cover look like? Uh,
1: trees, I think. Yeah, I know. I Yeah. Yeah. Is, um, also, it's, is Irish horror film. I- Ireland's been making a good, good output lately of horror films, I'd say. Um, all of which star at least generally two actors from Game of Thrones. This one has Benjen Stark and Roose Bolton, for those who are at home wondering. Uh, about a family that moves, like, deep into the woods to study trees, and then the trees basically infect the man and tree killers stuff um this was good it wasn't great uh but it's solid the creature designs are really cool it's very well acted it's very well shot like it's a well-made uh little thriller Mm -hmm. it's just there's nothing there's something missing from it or there's just not not anything in it that like pushes it over I guess to the next level Uh, like similar to the citadel I guess is what I yeah what kind of it I think about it with because it's also an Irish horror film that's good, not great, but, but good and strong and not a waste of your time. Uh, and What's then, the, yeah, the last thing I watched was going off of instant, which is why I watched it. I had seen it before, but my husband had not. And that was Peter Greenways, the cook, the thief, his wife, his lover, her lover. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, one uh, one of these days you've got to, uh, it is, it was, back to being like on the uh, not available list on Netflix, yeah. it might come back at some point um, it is unlike anything else in the world I love it it is beautiful and gross um, Brandon's word for it, it was grotesque gross. It is, I mean it is, the opening scene is um, Michael, Michael Gambon uh, just smearing poop on a dude that's wronged him and then pissing on him uh, but it's also like all the costumes are done by Jean Paul Gaultier, so everything Helen Mirren wears is fabulous. Uh, the what he's doing with art design is is really interesting, and and both and very much just beautiful and grotesque because there's mm-hmm. visuals that are just you know you could make a painting out of, and then there's visuals that you could make a painting out of, but you wouldn't give it to someone you like. Uh, so it's it's just something special and unique and odd and gross and wonderful i love it uh i keep meaning to check out more of peter greenways and i just haven't had the energy to continue with him because i have a feeling the rest of his films also take you somewhere yes Um, but it's it's a high recommend if it comes back to instant definitely give it a go it is something you know, uh, I don't know. It's always been on my radar, but I've never like, oh, man. sat down and committed. I wish, I wish I'd have known because I would have urged no, you, you to before it went off of instant. But Mm-mm. it's gone on and come back, so it could happen again. Uh, but that is everything I've been watching. So a a mixture for yous out there, uh, and then of course American Psycho and The Informers. So. With that said, why don't we take a quick break? Uh, come back. Do you want to go chronological by when film was made and start with American Psycho? Sure. Yes. <laughs> very specific. Yes. I, well, I, I have felt as though there are certain responsibilities I need to take in podcasting, and one of them is not letting you decide which film we watch first. We, we talk about first. Because it makes you very nervous, and then I feel that It bad. does. It does. So, executive decision, American Psycho. We will be right back. Okay, I have curled the front of my hair with gel uh, a la Reese Witherspoon. Uh, what have you done to prepare, Christine? I don't know. I took some quaaludes and passed out. I think that's more fitting. So you're assuming at the math I'm Reese. <laughs> yes. American good. Psycho from the year 2000. Yes, the year 2000. Directed by Mary Heron the screenplay by her and guinevere turner long storied uh history of this book coming to screen originally going to be did you look up or like learn anything about all the different directors formerly attached to this not
2: really i had a a, a, my own commentary track while i watched this (laughs) feeding me a lot of information and Ah, tidbits about the movie. So after it was over, I kind of never wanted to think about it again (laughs) and then realized I was going to talk about
1: it on a podcast. (laughs) Well, I'll give you the list that I've heard, which is that it started at one point. It was going to be our old friend mentioned earlier, Stuart Gordon and Johnny Mm -hmm. Depp. Mm -hmm. Stuart Gordon was attached to this at one point. He was going to do a black and white, very hardcore version with Johnny Depp. Cool. Um, at another point, it was going to be that David Cronenberg and had was working with Brett Easton Ellis on a script. And if you, I don't know if you read the Rolling Stone interview that I posted with Brett Easton Ellis. I I, I didn't read the whole thing. No. Okay, there was one thing that was it, where he meant he said something about like Cronenberg and him were working on it, but Cronenberg said, "I don't like to shoot in restaurants or clubs," which kind of does take a lot of. Scenes yeah. Out of the movie. Uh, but then it fell through, and then it was going to be Mary Harron and Christian Bale. Like that was what it was going to be for a while, and then uh, you know what happened? What movie came out that changed everything? So Titanic comes out. Oh, Titanic! Titanic no. comes out, and all of a sudden, I've Leonardo DiCaprio. You've never seen Titanic? Weren't you 14 when I was 14? We were, and I made a conscious choice. Um, Oh, look at you being so hip. I know, I was kind condesc- of I cried when the orchestra condesc- went down with the ship, okay? I didn't care about the romance. I felt bad for the orchestra. Tentious and condescending even back then. <laughs> See, I was like that on other things, but but I since like I was like that about nine oh two and oh and nine oh two and O was cool, but then in like eighth grade when nobody else was watching it, all of a sudden I rediscovered it and thought it was a great show, but nobody wanted to talk about it with me. Um <laughs> So when Titanic comes out, Leonardo DiCaprio could basically do whatever he wanted and suddenly it was like – or I think Lionsgate basically said, oh, hey, can we offer this to him? And Mary Harron's like, no, I kind of already have a thing worked out with Christian Bale. They're like, well, we're going to offer it to him. He's not going to say yes, but we're going to offer it to him. And they offered it to him and he was like, yeah, maybe. And then Mary Harron basically said, well, if if you're casting him, it's going to be a different movie. You're going to pay him more money than the budget was going to be. I'm not going to have control of this movie, so I'm stepping down. So Mary Harron left the project on her own will, uh, according to all sources. And then it was going to be Oliver Stone and Leonardo DiCaprio. And then that fell through, and then the studio was like, Hey, Mary, do you want to come back and do that movie with Christian Bale? And that's how we got the movie. One other really fun fact that I think is the most interesting thing about this um, movie is that um, the reason Leonardo DiCaprio decided not to do it... Was because there was, I mean, this was a controversial property from the beginning because obviously it's all, it's, there's a lot about violence towards women and everything else. And when DiCaprio was kind of publicly talking about it, uh, Gloria Steinem essentially like wrote him a letter, called him, went after him, and said, You can't make this movie. Your fan base is now 14 year old girls. Uh, That just saw Titanic. And this is, you can't make this movie because they're going to see it and it's going to be demeaning to them and all that stuff. So DiCaprio decides not to do it. Christian Bale is back on board. Really fun fact. You know who Gloria Steinem was married to at the time of filming? Christian Bale. Christian Bale's father. Oh, really? Gloria Steinem was at one point Christian Bale's stepmother. Really? Yes. No. I think this was after he was an adult, so I don't think she, like, took him to <laughs> yeah. the movies or dropped his friends off at the mall or anything like that. But no, Gloria Steinem was married to Christian Bell's dad. But apparently she was okay with That's, him doing this movie. Well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe this was all
2: a ploy so that he could do this
1: movie. Ooh, ooh, conspiracy theorist Christine mm-hmm. McPhee. Oh, uh, all right, but so that was kind of the rough background of the movie. So obviously, you're coming from material. Have you read the book? Yes. Okay, me too. What are your thoughts on the book? I like the book. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, I. I mean, I read it. I don't like it. I just think it's to me it's it it's boring. Uh, it's just so much of it's trying so hard to shock that it's it ends up not being shocking because it just feels like it's trying so hard that being said i give it a pass because Brady sinelis was 27 years old when he wrote it um and i i feel like that's there in the book uh, mm-hmm. but so you just enjoy the book i like the book it i, I found it i found
2: the book to be to be upsetting hmm. and troubling and I, I liked other than, you know, I Zach and I talked about this while we were watching the movie. We both have a fondness for the book, but not the huge dumps of mu- of um music stuff
1: like mm, yeah. like
2: talking about you know. Whitney right. Houston Six pages for,
1: about Whitney Houston and so that on. I've Entire really and, chapter on Huey Lewis.
2: Like I get I get what was going on. It just really I didn't find it interesting or like yeah, me too. The position is is striking enough for me to like sit through all of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I think I think I get what he was setting out to do, and I enjoyed it. Um, that being said, I've seen American Psycho though This will be the third time, and I never remember it. I do not think I like this movie. Interesting.
1: So <sighs> what um quick synopsis it's 1980s patrick bateman is the vice president of uh, a company just like every other company on wall street and he is a handsome and seems to live a normal life except he also kills people maybe and that's one big question i have for you uh but so tell me your did you see this when it came out um I think I saw it shortly after. Okay. Yeah, me too. Like, I think I saw it on video. Yeah, I didn't
2: I didn't actively seek it out, mm-hmm. but I think once it hit video, people people really did start like talking about it. Yep. And it turned into like a thing that you should see. And I did. And um I don't ever remember having a very strong opinion of it. Like I I would have said, "Oh, I enjoyed that." Right. Then it came up and I couldn't summon an image from that movie that i hadn't seen in in a still like what is this movie about what who was in it i have no idea so i watched it again and was completely shocked by everybody and everything that happened in this movie <laughs> and then we put it on again to watch it this time and i've still willem dafoe comes on screen and i'm like he's in this i can't <laughs> retain anything
1: about this movie I don't know why. Fascinating, yeah. Well, I think it's what's funny is it kind of leads me. Your description of how you feel about the movie uh, is kind of similar, I think, to how I felt about the Broadway musical.
2: Oh yeah, I
1: wanted to ask you. Yeah, and and so the musical—they did it as a musical. They did it in London and then transferred it to Broadway. It's a really interesting team behind it because it's the book was done by the guy who wrote. Um, the Town That Dreaded Sundown remake, mm-hmm. who I really like, who I loved that movie. Uh, the yeah. music, I'm like, I have the program in front of me and I've already lost my place. Um, but it was just like a really interesting mix of people. Duncan Sheik, who did Spring Awakening, did the music. I think the director is a director who did Blade Bloody Andrew Jackson, which is was, again, a really kind of fascinating offbeat Broadway show. So that was why I wanted to see it. And I figured I'm like, the show is not going to last. And I'm really curious how they turn this into a musical. And it's actually closing like in three days. It didn't. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. And it was like an $8 million loss. It was a show that wow. didn't it should have started off Broadway, gotten word of mouth, maybe transferred, but this was, you're, you're asking people who spend a hundred dollars on a ticket, which means you're usually dealing with tourists or, wealthy new yorkers you're asking them to pay that money to see a musical about a man who kills yeah uh and it's it's a, a very hard audience to expect to pay for that um we got our tickets at a discount sitting in the theater looking around brandon pointed out he's like everybody here is so young for a broadway crowd <laughs> And it makes sense. You'd like, the people that are regular Broadway goers, this is not the material that... This is not what they'd go... Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's true. And the thing about the musical, um, one really interesting thing about it was, to me, it was very clear that uh, it's all in his head in the musical. I feel like they were stronger or clearer in that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, ultimately, like, I... I, I liked the musical While I was watching it I had very little to think about Or say about it The And I think it's somewhat deliberate The music, there's none of the songs Was I walking out the door humming Or thinking oh I'm going to download that album Because the songs are very um, Kind of plastic And bland and of course they are Because of what the subject matter is Like there's a song that's about Fashion designers and upscale food there's a song about business cards and it's meant to be kind of you know sparkless because the people singing it have no spark Patrick Bateman is nobody he is he has nothing so there is you know not the same charisma that you're demanding from that kind of part um but but it made me think and I've and I keep thinking back to it about the musical and about some choices and everything. So it's, it was a very odd experience in that way. And I personally get three very different experiences from the book, the musical, the movie. The movie, I think, to me, is the most enjoyable of the three because I think the movie is easily the funniest. I mean, this, the, the, if I had to classify American Psycho, I would classify it as, as a black comedy before I would classify it as a horror film.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you you would not you are,
2: I agree with you, but okay. I didn't th- I thought the humor in it was really bad huh <laughs> so wait, are you telling me that I can't remember what happens in this movie at any given point in my life because I'm not supposed to remember
1: because that makes oh. me feel better about me well, I think there is something in a way yeah, because <sighs> hmm it's There is something... uh, The material and the characters, nobody in this... You could argue that Chloe Sevigny's character is a human being. And in the musical... The musical is very specific about that. That character is the only character where you really feel as though... Oh, that's a person there. That's Mm -hmm. somebody I'm supposed to feel for. I'm supposed to like her. I'm supposed to fear for her life when Patrick Bateman might kill her. Uh, Whereas everybody else is... Blank or is kind of a certain surface level My favorite um, Like biggest laugh in this movie Is when Christian Bale Is trying to break up with Reese Witherspoon And She says to him No all of your friends are my friends I'm sorry it wouldn't work (laughs) That breaking up wouldn't work Because they run in the same social circles (laughs) Like I think that's a really funny line And I think that relationship Is really funny And I think they both play it so well In that they're paired up together by convenience, by this is, you know, okay, well, she is rich and beautiful, and he is rich and beautiful, so they're in the same social circle, so they've, you know, connected to each other. At some point, you know, they're both sleeping with each other, or he's sleeping with her best friend, she's sleeping with his best friend. At any point, you could shuffle that deck, and he could be engaged to Samantha Mathis, and it wouldn't matter. And nobody would notice. I agree with that. Okay. Because this goes into something my husband pointed out that I thought was really key was... So here's a question. And this can go to both the book and the movie. Do you think Patrick Bateman really does kill these people? So it's it's different,
2: though, because in the book, it's pretty it's not as...
1: It's pretty clear in the book, right? I can't, rem- I can't remember. I have it's okay. been years since I read the book. In the book, is it clear that he does or doesn't? That he does. That he does. This...
2: Um... See, now, when I, and I mean this in the nicest
1: way, like, I don't, I don't know if I care. Um... Yeah, and, and to me, and I'm not just trying to defend the movie, which I do really like the movie, um but i do think one could make an argument that that's the right reaction that you're not supposed to because again he's he's an en- he's not an entity yeah but so you don't just you don't even have an opinion on that
2: i would tend to think um that it's a mix of, of both things, mm. that he, he did some things and didn't do other things. Okay. Um, because when you get to the... Look, I'm going to remember something. Yeah. When you get to, to the to the very, you know, like the, the back third and you have the ATM kitten mm-hmm. scene and that's kind of where it all happens. Okay, so we know for a fact that the ATM machine didn't say
1: that. Right. Because that's crazy. Because ATMs don't ask for kittens. They eat puppies.
2: Exactly. Guys, it was the 80s. We know it was going down.
1: Cats so, are so not in.
2: My thinking is he, he, he didn't have a gun the whole movie. It was strange to me and out of place that he pulls out a gun, apropos of nothing, and mm-hmm. points it at a kitten's head. He then shoots a woman, apropos of nothing. Yep. The cops show up too fast. There's a really big, really like shoot like out with the cops cinematic explosion yes and so do i think that he called his lawyer and admitted that he killed people yeah do i think that other stuff happened no mm-hmm. um and i do think that he probably did kill some people i don't know if he killed everyone but again i don't know if that matters
1: it's and it, yeah cuz part of it is i mean we see the stuff that we do see it's a mix because we see him having sex with prostitutes and see the implication of him abusing them. We see him murder women. We see, but, but it's such a ridiculous, you know, can anybody drop a chainsaw that well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So for me, I, I used to always be on the side of, I don't, I don't think he really kills anyone. I think he does some bad things, but I don't think, I think most of the murders aren't real. But then the musical, I feel, I felt like at the end of it that he didn't do anything. And part of it is the ending of the musical, which I actually really thought was a really interesting way to end it. It ends with his wedding to Evelyn. The final scene is he's in a tux, she's in a bridal gown. It's still that blank none of this matters, none of this, there's no real connection. But the fact that it ends there sort of felt like, oh, right, this is just, this is the new, this is where he's at now. But that it kind of almost made more sense that it was all in his mind because uh, that's how he would still be able to work and be with this woman and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, In the movie... I know a lot of it was deliberately ambiguous That Willem Dafoe was was The way Mary Heron directed his scenes She would have him Do the dialogue as if He suspected Patrick Bateman Of killing Jared Leto And then she'd have him do it as if he had Absolutely no idea And then she would just uh, cut and paste And use some takes of him knowing And some takes of him not knowing So it's very You have no idea how to read mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe And that's deliberate uh, again, Brandon pointed out in the movie, and I think he's right about this. Willem Dafoe isn't a police detective; he's a private investigator. I think. Do you know? No, I, no, I don't. I don't. I don't recall. It ju- it makes you. It makes it then. Um, if if it's a, I guess because the question is, is Paul Allen dead or not? Mm-hmm. and it being a if it's a private investigator who says oh well the family doesn't want uh doesn't want it public it's almost more believable that oh yeah stuff happened and there's no real you know the police aren't involved so it is a cover up because everybody's so interchangeable i don't know it's it's uh confusing in a deliberate way i think yeah and it doesn't bother me in any way uh, and I don't think it's supposed to. I don't think the main question of this movie should be, "Did Patrick Bateman kill those people or not?" Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that. And that's what I when I
2: say I don't think it matters is is because it does it does it really change anything? Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. And I I think not at all because it's it's less about what somebody like this does than it is about. You know, oh, this time period and all of these uh, things in life, and giving a man everything, and then he has nothing, and he's an empty shell. So therefore, he—the only way he can think he feels alive—is by doing terrible things to very nice prostitutes. I forgot the one prostitute I really like. Yeah, yeah, she's the other human being that you you root for. <laughs> yeah, she is a human being. Yeah, uh, I th- I think the smartest decision in this movie was or in this production when you start with a property like this that has the potential to be perceived as being really misogynist and and could be really misogynist mm-hmm. um best decision hire a woman to do it
2: <laughs> yeah it, it to me it didn't come off um misogynistic at all um Does the book to you? Yes, but the book comes across a lot of things to me. The book is mean, right?
0: Well, the book and and so like yeah, the
2: movie would be misogynistic too. I don't think the movies mean at all.
1: No, I and I think the movie is clear satire, right? If you're watching this movie, I think that's why I hate it. Oh wow! And and the book, I think I don't know if the book was always meant to be satire. I, I think there's two ways to look at it. One is that Breddy Snellis was just was 27 years old and was trying to send up this time period and, and these um, the people he saw around him, and was just because he was 27 and was able to write the shocking thing, wasn't nuanced enough to really solidify it as satire. I think the other way of looking at that is... It wasn't really satire until it was published and people called it satire. And then he could say, yeah, I was totally satirizing stuff.
2: Yeah, I don't know if it was his intent. You're you're completely right. I don't think – because it was funny bring up satire and calling it satire. So when we were watching it, um, Zach started throwing that word around. And I was like – I kept thinking of it in the context of the book. And I was like, no, it's not satire. That's not satire. That's not what satire is. And then he's like, no, no, the movie you're watching right now, Stop. (laughs) Bringing everything into it, this is satire. And then I looked up the definition of satire, <laughs> and, and like it's true, the, that movie is satire. Yeah, it's satirical, and like li, in the literal dictionary definition, right. it is, of the word. Yeah, but I don't think the book was, and maybe that's why mean and uncomfortable and misogynistic as it was, I preferred it. <laughs>
1: and it's it's fascinating because I'm the complete reverse. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I love that this movie is. And it, it's—I I guess I think of like, imagine Neil Butte directing this movie. Ugh. Right, right. No. Yeah, I know. And or here's a here's a better way of looking at, at this. Imagine Mary Harron and Guinevere Turner taking a Neil LeBute script and making it into a movie. And that's where I feel like that's that's what I get more of from this and that's what i love about it (laughs) is you're taking property that you know came from an angry place as much as ready sanillas can say now oh yeah no i was always i never admired patrick bateman i never was celebrating these things he did yeah well you know what somebody somebody out there many people out there have read that book and said like oh i wish i was patrick bateman yeah um they in- have dressed up like him non-ironically right there's Guinevere Turner in one of the um, special features is talking about it and she would say she's like the funniest thing men have said to me is I'm such a Patrick Bateman like A who would ever admit that yeah. but B the joke is so much on you at that point because Patrick Bateman is such a you know he's and the movie is not make it should not make anybody want to be him yeah uh and something and they talk about this a lot when they're talking about the film but one of the things christian bale is so good at is he's he is pathetic he's a dork in the movie like he's constantly it, it kind of reminds me of um in season 1 of mad men there's a scene where um don is hanging out with like beatniks and it's really weird to see Don Draper, who the, the show has always put in this context of being the sharpest guy in the room, the most handsome guy in the room, the guy everybody wants to be. You put him out of his element, and he's just a, a nerd, and he and he looks like a square. And that's where Patrick Bateman is in this movie. Yeah. When, you know, at his most violent, right, the most violent scene in this movie, he's running around naked in white sneakers, like he looks silly, even if he is ripped and Superman. You look at him and you—it's not scary. It's funny because it there's something so non-masculine about him in a way. Uh, yeah, that's that's very accurate. Yeah, and and I think that's something that comes from it kind of being looked at by women and by and Guinevere Turner. I know is is a very proud lesbian. Uh, and I think there's something about that point of view that really puts it in a different light, and that really works. Because these because the women making this movie aren't idolizing Patrick Bateman. They don't want to sleep with him. They don't want to be him. They're looking at it if, if, from a viewpoint of kind of laughing at him. Oh, for sure. And it's it's... But
2: imagine imagine if that goes totally wrong and it comes off as just this really, like, blunt humor without any subtlety or nuance or it doesn't feel clever mm. and kind of feels like you're mocking people. It doesn't... It's not... It really didn't sit well with me on this watch. Interesting. I really didn't like it. And then like no joke maybe halfway through maybe a little bit further um when one of the big musical cues okay i said oh my god this is a hitchcock movie they tried to make a hitchcock movie huh. it fucking is wow the music the way it's filmed the yeah. way people framed and then i start thinking about like the duality if 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 people are like mistaken identities, you know, that unclear, like, so it's super De Palma y because of this, the, yeah. the sleeves of it, and it's very Hitchcockian. And now I think I might need to watch it again to pick, to see if I could follow that thread all the way through. Ooh,
1: I'd be really intrigued to hear if you do. Because then I might be into it more
2: if I can look at it like that. Then there'll be be something a touchstone for me to be like, okay, now I understand this. Because that's kind of how I feel. I feel like I'm bouncing around and I don't have anything to grab onto, and I don't Mm -hmm. connect to anything. Because the humor, like it, it because it is humorous or attempting to be humorous, and it is like a black comedy and, and. sadly when humor doesn't work in a black comedy you're not really left yeah and there's
1: kind of to me there is there's nothing worse than a bad comedy there is nothing worse than a black comedy that doesn't connect to you because then you just usually it's it feels tasteless and miserable and you're not laughing
2: yeah because it's not funny and and like the like the the potential weight of it it goes away because right. you're not, you're not, you're not laughing at it. You're not buying what they're selling anymore, and and that's kind of how I felt, and it made me sad.
1: Ooh, I'm, I'm, I never would have made a Hitchcock connection, but I think you're onto something there. It, the, it's the music cues. There's the music, music there's, cues are so dramatic. The, there's some flourishes
2: there. Right, him being chased, is or this? is he being
1: chased? Yeah. Is there a mistaken identity, or is there not a mistaken identity? Um. There's a lot of blondes in the movie. There is. Uh, that's... Ooh, I, I'm, I'll be really... You should write about that. That could be really interesting. <laughs> I am... I, I, it, w- it,
2: would, it, would, it would give me a reason to look at it again because right. I, I was really far into it by the time... I, I paid attention. I watched the movie. I can see my TV from the kitchen, but I was like, I made muffins, and I was like, <laughs> like... I was up and about Love. watching the movie, and then when I realized that, I was like fuck, I wish I had picked up on that earlier. Cause I, I would have maybe recommitted.
1: Yeah. That's, I'll be really intrigued by your further analysis of that. I'm going to have to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and that's another thing I really like about this movie is that you can watch it with an eye to different things. You can watch this movie interviewing and say, I'm going to watch this movie and interpret it as all of these killings are real what is what is it saying? If that's the case, I'm going to watch it and say this is all in his head. I'm going to watch it and try to see it from the point of view of Chloe Sevigny or something. Yep. Um, I, I think there's a lot of different ways into the movie, which I really appreciate. Uh, and yeah, and I don't think there is by any means one right interpretation. Uh, especially as far as whether or not this is real. And like we said, that's not the main point of it at all. But I think there's just so much going on. And as much as Patrick Bateman, I'm saying in one hand is a, um, a void of a person and is nothing there. I think what, I think Christian Bale is brilliant in this movie. And I'm not always the biggest Christian Bale fan. Um, I mean, not everything can be newsies. I think we can agree on that. That's true. But I, I love his commitment in this movie, and I feel as though, as much as he's, he kind of became a joke after the, uh, you know, the the video of him chewing out a sound guy yeah. uh, went out. I think this movie is one of those examples where you're like, oh no, I would never want to piss off Christian Bale on set because i think it's so clear in this movie how much he's given and how not just the fact that you know he has clearly changed his body to be Patrick Bateman i feel like his energy in every scene is at an 11 and but at the same time he's balancing this huge front and facade with this but is there anybody behind the Pretty face kind of thing, mm-hmm. and I just I think it's a really uh, the the more I think about it, I think it's one of the best performances of that era, and I think it's very underrated in some ways. Hmm. Bold words, yeah, yeah. I think one could watch this and say, "Is is Patrick Bateman gay?" I think you could watch the movie that way and have and come out with a different way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's just a lot, I don't know. I, I find this is a movie that I enjoy each time I watch it and I can get something different from it. And I think if you were going to make an American psycho movie, I don't think you could have made a better one.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, they, I kept saying stuff about like, well, I used to say this was unfilmable and I was like, eh.
1: <laughs> maybe <laughs> Zach's a fan of this. I'm guessing.
2: No, he hates it.
1: Really? Yes. I think I think him being him being
2: in the room while I watched it kind of colored my distaste. Okay. Like I don't I don't I know I said I hated it, but like that's very 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 bold. I didn't hate it. I just I felt like I, I guess in my previous viewings there had been a, a like a a cool indifference, and in this <laughs> time maybe somebody like being a little bit more negative and vocal. Okay. colored, colored my um my. Feelings.
0: Okay,
1: that's fair. That can happen. I can it can. It can, happen. it can. It
2: does happen sometimes.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. As much as I love Stuart Gordon, as much as I love David Cronenberg, I'm glad this is the American Psycho we got. I, I am. I can say that I am too. Yeah. Uh, by any chance, did you see American Psycho two?
2: Oh my God, no! But I was r- like rapidly tweeting about this. It's really not good. Vishnu said you should. You should watch American Psycho too. And I said, and he just gave a brief description. And I said, oh, we're, we're covering this for the show, so I'm sure Emily has seen it, and we'll talk of about it. Of course, I have. It's like her. Yeah, it seems like her. Type uh,
1: of what's funny is I can't remember if I wrote it. I wrote about it, but I, that might have been one of those reviews that got lost somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to check if it's on my. If it's on my blog, I'll post it on the Facebook page. Uh, it's Mila Kunis is the Patrick Bateman character. Yep. Yeah, I. Uh, genius William Shatner is there too it's I remember being disappointed because just thinking this just isn't anything like it's she's trying but she's not giving anything so she just comes across as bad yeah Uh, I don't remember I remember almost nothing about it and it's the kind of movie that should be so bad that you do remember things about it absolutely yeah so it's, it's it's disappointing I guess but yeah, th- think of how many Halloween costumes this this movie inspired. <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, my fair share of dudes in that like clear slicker yep, yep. Um, on the train uh-huh. when I was when I lived in New York. <laughs> At the uh the show, they had the, like one of the guys who like welcomed you into the theater it was just in his underwear with the slicker. I think he worked there or he was just a fan that dressed up like that. Who I don't know.
2: Knew? Well, like yeah. I mean, come on. People just show up to... It's like Rocky Horror, right? True. I wonder if that's what they were hoping.
1: You know, I feel like I'll go back to what I said about Carrie the musical, which of course yeah. I did see. Uh, is it... They... I don't think they were because they... The show is funny. Like, it has a lot of the same jokes and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek at times. But it's not embracing this wackiness. It, it plays yeah. it... And I don't want to say it plays it straight. Like, it plays it kind of... Um, in that sort of bl- like specifically deliberately bland area, and that was Carrie the musical, which was infamous on Broadway for running for like four performances and being the worst thing that ever happened on Broadway, and the original production was really earnest, and then they revived it off Broadway a few years ago. And I was really excited because I'm like, oh, so this is going to be so much fun. Like, you can make this really scary, yeah. Or you can make this really stupid, and it can be enjoyable. But instead, they kind of did what the remake did. Like, they tried to bl- play it straight. But if you're not great and you're playing straight and you're having Carrie sing about her powers, it's yeah. not that interesting to watch. Uh, so that's you know, yeah. So they don't they don't go wacky with it, I guess. But it was an interesting experience, I guess, and I am all for more um, horror properties being turned into Broadway musicals. But
2: yeah, it seems to be a thing that they're doing. So. Uh, you know, I embrace it. We saw yeah, the Misery. Not...
1: Misery wasn't a musical, although it should have been. Uh, we saw that <laughs> on Broadway earlier this year with Bruce Willis and Laurie uh, Metcalf. Bruce um, Willis, really? It, 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 Bruce Willis's Broadway debut. How, Boy, is he how not was... designed for Broadway. Oh. That was a case where oh, Lori Metcalf, deservedly, deservedly? I put a B in there. Deservedly. Yeah, sure. Got nominated for a Tony, <laughs> primarily because she's doing that entire show. She yeah. was so good, and Bruce Willis was giving her nothing. Really? Oh, yeah. Supposedly he had a hearing aid on that was feeding him lines. No. Like it's kind of the best part for somebody that's not a Broadway performer cuz you're in bed the entire I show. I was going to say, so yeah. You could have I mean, the script like under the the uh, blankets and nobody would even know. But even that way, he was just nothing, but she was amazing. Really? Yeah. Wow. But uh I wish they made a musical of that. You know, I I can't be too spoiled though, I suppose. No, come on. You can't. can't have it all. No. No. It's I'm yeah. I, I'm i demanding what can I say alright so do you have more to say about American Psycho I don't think I do okay uh, let's rate it then okay quality of this is going to be an interesting one for us quality of film I have a feeling we're going to go very different um
2: 6.75
1: oh you're higher than I thought you would yeah, I
2: mean, I can admit that... Uh, no, this is quality of film, remember. Yeah. No, that's... Okay. <laughs> I can be objective.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, my quality <laughs> of film, I'm going to go with solid eight. I feel like yeah. this this accomplishes what it's trying to explore. Uh, I think it does it well all across the board in terms of, you know, look of the film and ev- and everything else. But I think... Christian Bale, I think, really... Takes it to the eight level as opposed to the seven level, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, quality of life, five. Okay, so right, right there in the middle for you. Right, the right in the middle. Okay, I'll be curious if you, after you watch it through your Hitchcock gaze, if that changes. Yeah, it might. Yeah, but, I mean that helped get it to five, to be honest with okay. you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, my quality of life, I'll go seven seven five. I think. Yeah. Uh I really enjoy watching this movie. I enjoy talking about it, enjoy thinking about it because I think there's so much to it. Uh, not necessarily my favorite uh of anything, but I just I admire it and it pleases me. so there that indeed, okay, that's okay. American Psycho it is all right. uh, we'll take a break and we're gonna come back. Back in time to 1983, further in time to 2008. Too confused, I'm out. Well, I'm just trying to give us context, man. Trying to give us context. All right, coming up, The Informers.
0: The children's laughter remind us how we used to be. Everybody searching for a hero. People need someone to look up to. I never found anyone who fulfilled my needs. A lonely place to be, and so I learned.
1: Was directed by Gregor Jordan, who had also done Ned Kelly, was probably his biggest thing in Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, written by him and Nicholas Jarecki, who did Arbitrage, which is the Richard Gere film that everybody seems to uh, like. Oh yeah, that movie. And of course, based on short stories, I think, by Brett Easton Ellis. Now, Christine. Yeah, you picked it. I did.
2: Okay. Uh, why did you want to watch it? Okay, well, saying I wanted to watch it is, is a bit bold. <laughs> uh, so basically you picked American Psycho, and as far as pairing it with something, I couldn't really think of anything thematic that I thought would go well. So this is the first thing that popped into my head, um it's something that people reference a lot and and until semi-recently people would do it with an air of like i bet you haven't even heard of this thing <laughs> and then we all realize that we all know everything now because we have internet internet yeah but like i've i've read articles about it somebody wrote an article about it for um Paris cinema really um, yes um i am have have been pro amber heard like I love her and drive angry. So you say she's in a movie and you're and you're like, "Yeah, it's about the 80s." I don't know. Maybe this was a mistake.
1: No. I, I will nothing is ever a mistake on our show. So Christine. We have never done anything wrong in our lives That's when it comes true. to the show. Precious angels we are. With that said, in, I'd like to quote somebody with my review of this movie in the words of the great one and only Christine McBeast, I, this movie. Oh, this
0: movie, right? <laughs>
1: exactly. <It> would, <laughs> what I'm fascinated about, so I do not remember this Paris Cinema article because I probably just would have had no context for this movie. What are people finding in this movie? So, it's... Uh, I, I really,
2: there was a... I have them all put away, and I don't know what issue it's in, oh, so yeah. I would have had to go through, like, a lot of them. <laughs> And the thought did cross my mind, like, I want to know what... I want to know, because... Yeah. I think it really was, like... It was really talking about, um... Amber Heard's brave performance, I think. Because and, she's and naked? Like, no, that's not brave. I do that every time yeah, I take Ryan, a chat.
1: if I look like Amber Heard, I'd be naked all the time.
2: Yeah, that's very true.
1: So, because I, I can't remember who, it was a podcaster who said this once, and I thought it was a very interesting statement of, if you think of every movie in the world, you think, you can think differently about it if you think. You know, every movie that's ever been made is somebody's favorite movie. Mm-hmm. And so it always gives you context. When you're watching Cyborg 2 and you're like, you know, somebody out there is like, fucking Cyborg 2 is the best shit in the world. Yeah. Now. Somebody <laughs> loved this movie
2: and yeah. thought, and it,
1: and it worked for them. Oh, and that's what I find fascinating. Now, this is not by any means the worst movie in the world. This isn't the worst movie we've covered on the show. How? But it's the, it's not kind the worst of, movie I watched this month. Like Yeah. But I won't lie, if I met somebody and they said and we're talking about like, oh, what's your favorite movie? They were like, Oh, I love the informers. Level of respect for that person, whew,
0: crash.
2: Well, I would say, Sir or madam, have you had dinner? Let me buy it for you. <laughs> tell me what the fuck you like about this movie. Yeah.
1: Uh let's give a quick synopsis. Oh, it- it's 1983. Now, yeah. American Psycho is 1987, New York. This is 1983, Los Angeles. Yes. Rich, pretty people who are unhappy in their lives.
2: They're all unhappy. They're unhappy they're, and empty. They're all intertwined. So they have sex. Yeah. They're intertwined. They do th- Everyone th- is intertwined. Um, at one point, I said, boy, I wish this movie would start already. <laughs> because every time... We switch scenes. There was a new setup, a new person, and you're like, "When when am I gonna?" And
1: it wasn't like at at some point in the beginning. You're like, "Okay, a bunch of kids. I have no idea how old they are. I think they're supposed to be like college aged. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Uh, You know, they're at a party. One of them gets hit by a car in a freak accident. It's supposed to be like this thing that wakes them up. It doesn't really do anything. Uh -uh. oh. So then you have the one character that seems to care about it. He goes to Hawaii with his dad and is therefore hundreds of miles away from the rest of the action for the rest of the movie. Which yeah, and, he, and he, they so pointless to keep going back. Yeah, show. and there's nothing. So in that storyline, it's this kid whose dad is like he doesn't connect with his dad. His dad's like, hey, let's hook up with some chicks. And you think, oh, I think the kid's gay. And the dad thinks he's gay. But then the dad's like, oh no, you you got yourself a girl. That's cool. And then the dad hits on the girl. And then that ends that that. Story. Like, there's nothing there. It's just about, I guess, supposed to be about a kid not connecting with his dad. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Uh, you have the other, I guess, the main story is the main guy who's just a pretty boy, um, John Foster, I guess. I don't know who that is. Pretty boy actor. He's a drug dealer and his dad's rich and his mom's rich. We'll get there in a minute. But so, Graham's dating amber heard yeah and they all sleep around with each other and it's okay except maybe graham really likes amber heard and doesn't want her sleeping with other people so wow 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 that uh it's 1983 and of course you know as soon as you see amber heard start itching her arm and looking at something you're like okay she's got hiv yep spoiler alert she gets hiv um so Graham's dad is Billy Bob Thornton, who's a movie exec who's getting a divorce from Kim Basinger. Yep, that Except happened. They're not Billy Bob Thornton's cheating on her with Winona Ryder. Yep, we're still saying names because because and that's the only interesting thing about this movie is like, oh wow, Winona Ryder's in this. Oh, how about that? Yeah, and barely in it. Though. Barely in it. Although I actually liked her stuff the most for whatever reason. I paid attention when she was on. Yeah, it was Winona Ryder in two thousand eight. I wasn't seeing much of her then. Uh, so Billy Bum Thornton's like Still with her but then he's like Oh me and Kim Basinger are going to get back together And they almost do but then Kim Basinger's like I know you're still with Dona Rider, So they don't get back together Story ended I guess um, Then you have What's his name who died Like right when this movie came out uh, I get Brad Renfro And Brendan Sexton yeah, the third Bra- Confused with Brad, Brad Renfro, Renfro. Yeah. So Brad Renfro is the like outsider. He works at the hotel where all these rich people are. And he's trying to get his foot into rich people land, but he doesn't have it. But his uncle is Mickey Rourke, and Mickey Rourke kidnaps people, kidnaps children. And that means something. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Uh, supposedly, there was a subplot, another subplot in this movie, that either... Got, I don't know if they filmed it and cut it, or... Cast it and then cut it. Brendan Routh was supposed to play a vampire?
2: Well, I want that. Do you think movie. I'm kidding? Yeah, no, right? that's
1: like <laughs> it sounds like they gave the script over to me for some punch up. I'm like, well. Like, yeah, well, you know what would be great is why don't we have Superman play a vampire? Uh, so that's supposed to uh, Brendan Routh was uh, my IMDb, was originally a vampire Jamie, but his scenes were cancelled at the last minute just before shooting. So I guess they never shot it. Uh, I don't think there's anything else that much in it. Uh, just trying to see if... yeah, uh, Easton Ellis ended up hating it and refused to do any publicity for it after he saw the um, saw the movie. And I guess they cut a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like the vampire. Uh So, yeah, I think that's supposed to be something about when Mickey Rourke kidnaps the child that he's supposed to be giving it to a vampire. That's part of it, but that doesn't happen. So, instead, it's just, why did Mickey Rourke just kidnap a little boy? Yeah. Why is Brad Renfro, like, somewhat okay with this, not doing anything about it? Why? What does this have to do with anything else happening in the movie? What does anything have to do with anything else happening in the movie? Uh. If you wanted to know, Amber Heard spends 45% of her screen time completely nude. Yeah. Bravery. Uh, Yeah, my notes on this is just a lot of question marks. Um, it's like, oh great, a rock star screams at his wife. Because that's a thing. There's a rock star yeah. in the movie. There's a scene. One of my least favorite things in movies is when you have the couple just screaming at each other. Yes And you get that in this movie You do And it's on the phone It's this guy He's a rock star He's screaming He wants to hear Talk to his kid But the wife doesn't want him To talk to his kid And he just goes back and forth For like three minutes Of him screaming Yeah that's cool It's not Nah Uh Yeah And then my final note On this movie is uh, Ugh I also have I hate them all but not in a fun way.
2: Yeah. I It it seems like okay, so like there was this really big effort to to intertwine and make everything, you know, like a love actually sort of uh like, connection. But but it, it it never it never really does. Um things don't
1: really No, they start connected in a way, but not even. You're right, because so you have, uh, because you have the rock star, and the rock star's estranged wife, right, who Amber Heard at one point is living with. Yeah, like when Graham goes to find her, he ends up at the rock star's wife's beach house, which I didn't really understand. The only reason I would have even I even knew like made that connection is because they say their names constantly in this movie. Yeah, it's like oh Nina, um, it's like a it's like a rock star name too. It's like Nina Crescendo. Yeah, Nina Crescendo is Amber Heard is living with Nina Crescendo. Nina Crescendo is John Crescendo's wife. Oh, they're not together. Those Crescendos. Did I mention Amber Heard's living with Nina Crescendo? Uh metro brian metro and nina metro yeah, i metro. was close okay no i thought it was metric but i didn't say anything close enough so it's like there's connections in that okay well every character connected to somebody else but it was like i don't know there i rode the subway today and there was like 10 people on the subway that you could probably connect me to in some way based on the fact that we all rode the subway together like that's what this movie <laughs> felt like yeah
2: yeah so either make a movie with intersecting stories and make a movie with characters related or don't mm-hmm. like yeah I don't know and it, it wasn't interesting it was kind of confusing things didn't make sense and it felt like they were only in service of this bigger story that didn't actually exist well,
1: and what is the bigger story like ultimately no whose movie is this I guess it's the character of Graham because it ends with him It be- it really
2: leans into him
1: yeah. Towards the end. And it's, it's a prime example. And watching this was just kind of my, might have elevated American Psycho for me.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. it was such a good example of you can take material that is not, that, you know, you can take material that's kind of empty, that's about empty people, and you can make something very different from it. And so these characters are all characters that could have been in American Psycho. Right, mm-hmm. I mean Amber Heard's character is sort of like Samantha Mathis, and uh, they're all sort of alternate versions of Patrick Bateman and his circle. Right? It's it's another it's the L.A. contingent of American Psycho. Yeah. But you put it in the hands of a not very interesting filmmaker or filmmaker who doesn't isn't coming at this with anything, and you just have an insufferable movie. mm Hmm. If you gave this material to Mary Harron, I think it probably would have been much more interesting. (laughs) If you gave it to Neil deBute, it would have just made me angry in a different way.
2: Yeah, it's... It was really not awesome.
1: No. Like, the... uh, Like, I'm trying to think if there there were occasional spurts of amusement, like... It was it. I don't know how to say his name. Rice Iffens, Rissifons, the blonde guy from Notting Hill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna he calls going because I. I like think like it's a, it I way. think it's Reese Rissifons plays okay. the manager to <laughs> Brian Christian. Yeah, intro. and then disappears. And like, he has one scene that's really funny. The only scene that I was genuinely like chuckling at because he's the manager and he's the manager to this like you know coked out rock star. So he's. Talking in that very ridiculous Hollywood manager speak of calling his star an idiot, but also making ridiculous demands to the studio people. That scene was funny, and then Rissifins is gone,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I have nothing. Like Kim Basinger, I guess is supposed to be like painted as this awful empty woman. I don't know. Whatever. She's getting divorced, and she takes Quaaludes, and is kind of sad about it yeah am i supposed to hate her i didn't hate her she seemed fine i didn't hate her but they did try to tell you that you should like billy bob thornton's character is like oh all you care about is shoes it's like i didn't even see her wearing shoes yeah all the scenes i saw she was in a nightgown i don't know what kind of shoes this woman wears um one of the imdb trivia tidbits was that billy bob thornton did not get along with the director because he had no idea what he was giving what the director wanted from him in this movie oh interesting so that's not surprising uh there is uh i got this on disc from from netflix so there was a special feature there was like a 20 minute sort of making of interview with cast and everything mm-hmm. and it was one of those like painful because they were all really earnest about it uh and you just kind of felt bad for them <laughs> they're all saying things like you know it's really it's it's this this world that we don't see and it's so fascinating it's like no it's not though no the it's way not you're though it. uh, yeah a, a lot of i this movie <laughs> um yeah that that's most of my feedback <laughs> yeah it it was
2: really i i had a hard time not completely um, checking out i i didn't i managed to stick it out really trying to fit pieces together you know and make it be a cohesive story
1: yeah and i'm sure like they do say that there was originally a longer cut which is, sounds insufferable yeah. but sure i maybe there was more connections made maybe there were more vampires or an explanation of why this movie but has a kidnapping in it
2: it wouldn't make any it wouldn't make it for me it, it wouldn't make it any more better if if it was tied together tighter no like the fact that it wasn't tied together tight
1: just feels sloppy it, it doesn't mean that it, that was a solution to making it good
2: exactly it what well, that's not what what undid it for me yeah. um i thought it was just really not interesting and 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 it was so Full focusless <laughs> yeah it was full of itself it was focusless it was yeah. it was just kind of like f- plodding along like i didn't i didn't care about yep. anything
1: there's no forward momentum at all No, not at all um so the only like there's no story where you're waiting to see what happens yeah like i guess i'm waiting to see what's happening with the kidnapping but I have no context. I don't understand it. why it's happening. Yeah, So I have no idea. Is this a ransom? Is this, or is Mickey Rourke going to eat the child? Is it a sex thing? Like I have no reason to think anything of it and you don't get any time with the kid. So I don't even care about this kid. I just don't get it. Um, the, the character of Graham is just a cipher. So there's nothing. I really don't care if he gets back together with his girlfriend, Uh, Amber Heard's character is nothing. She's just a hot chick who's having a lot of sex. Yeah, they don't give her anything to do. They give her nothing to do other than people. So it's not that I'm thinking, you know, I mean, I caught on very quickly. I'm like, oh, I bet they're going to reveal that she's HIV positive. But it's not, the movie isn't driving to that. It's just, I know it's the 80s and I know what this movie's going for. My cat's coughing up a hairball, by the way. Sorry if you can hear that. Oh, (laughs)
0: sorry.
1: Because it's not, it's not
2: nothing is the thrust of this right so she just kind
1: of she just kind of is sick yeah and you're like okay i guess that's it that. the kid in hawaii i'm like okay i, I guess maybe he's gonna come out and he's he's gonna be gay like that that some somewhat interesting no mm-hmm. he just what doesn't is like his name i don't even care
2: um i felt like he looked familiar never kid, mind i can't oh in your him. life Lieutenant yeah Pucci?
1: Um, Lou Taylor Pucci. Uh, oh, oh. oh, that's who that was? Yeah, he was in Spring, and he was delightful in Spring. Uh, he was in Carriers, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, that's what I know him from. And the Evil Dead remake, which I still haven't seen. Yep. Uh, I, I didn't realize Spring, that was primarily. him. He
2: looked so familiar. Yeah, he lo-
1: well, he looked so young in this movie. He
2: really does. I couldn't place him. Yeah.
1: Yep. And, I mean, it's... It's not like the performance. The performances aren't bad. This isn't a badly acted film. No, no, it's just no. I that they have say, nothing to do. They they don't have anything. I don't
2: think this was anybody's fault per se.
1: <laughs> like as far as the
2: actors go, no, it's I don't not feel the like anybody was stunted or wooden yeah. or unbelievable. Like I just or feel if like they, they were. All...
1: It's because it makes sense. Like Kim Basinger, it makes sense for her to be somewhat wooden because I think she's acting as if she's medicated a lot of the time. Yeah. And I, but it's like I think she's good at, at that. It's just the movie doesn't know what to do with her, so it's just bland. Everything is so bland. It is.
2: It is bland. But and and the reason why that's so unforgivable is because as it's being bland, it's hitting you over the head with how cool it is. Oh God, yeah.
1: <laughs> so and again, like, it's where a difference it. in American Psycho, where you know the characters in that are also. I mean deliberately they take out their business cards and all of them have the same title they're all yeah. wearing the same glasses in one scene because yes Jared Leto is supposed to look like Justin Thoreau, who's supposed to look like Christian Bale uh, but that's that's the point and they're, now, uh, yeah, they're the, bland characters but there's the movie knows what to do with that to make that interesting So Reese, Reese Witherspoon isn't playing a person in American Psycho She's playing this sort of surface of a person but the movie's using that and it's it's deliberate whereas in this everybody's wandering around giving nothing because they have nothing to give because they've been giving nothing to give.
0: Yeah. <sighs> We've talked
1: about uh a lot lately the whole like oh unlikable characters blah blah and it always comes down to it's not about a character being unlikable or not charming it's about a character not being interesting yep
2: boring yeah i don't care man like they could have kidnapped a million kids it was boring yeah
1: it's the like the different is it Roger Ebert or i think it was Gene Siskel actually who's like definition of like ranking a film is this movie more interesting than these actors having lunch together (laughs) and no everything is more interesting than this movie so yeah them debating what lunch where to eat lunch would have been more interesting than this movie I think Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah yeah. I do not re- I do not feel bad about watching it. Don't 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 you get uh all I picked a bad one. It's I did pick a bad one it's, though. Sometimes it's fun though when you pick bad ones. Yeah,
2: and I now I can say that I've seen it and now I can have an opinion on and it. And apparently
1: that was a thing you needed. Oh, I don't God. think I've ever heard anybody talk about this movie. <laughs> But my friends aren't as cool as yours. Apparently in my circles, we're always talking about Like, you things. know, we're quoting nine. My friends are quoting nine to five and, you know, Good Burger. Maybe that's the difference between us. In, yeah, in it's Austin, always... you know, all the cool kids are quoting about the informers and Doctor Who or whatever the cool kids are doing down there. We're still watching Golden Girls up here and we're loving it.
2: All right. Well, I, clearly one of us is winning and that would be you.
1: My 80s you know when i'm thinking about my 80s sex positive role model i'm thinking blanche i'm not thinking amber heard she wasn't really sex positive though because i think she died well she well she she was uh, sex positive positive in that she liked to have sex and oh she, positive she was about positive that, about kind of sex okay. and then okay. cut. and she's <laughs> hiv positive which is a different kind of positive oh uh, boy <laughs> But I'm saying, you know, when I think about my 80s woman who has a lot of sex, I want to think Blanche and Blanche Devereaux and not Amber Heard.
2: All right. Fair enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. I'm calling it. All right. Quality of film, baby. Quality of film. Uh, I'll go first on this one. You went first last time. I'm going to go 4.5. Me too. Yay just under average I, it, it is not it, this is not a better than average film it is just under average yeah quality of life woo boy for me 2.75 mm, 3.5 is most of that for amber heard's boobs yes yeah uh, i'll never <laughs> watch this movie again i yeah, never I, ever i just have no and, if, and I'm glad I watched it because it means when somebody brings us up in conversation I could be like no seriously what's wrong with you that you love this movie there you go if they ever do that you get a talking point now. I do I'm excited about that but aside from Rissifon's nothing fun about this yeah it's very true all right so on that note let's uh, close this out Netflix instant pick Christine Makepeace okay so I have one Okay. Do you
2: remember? I don't remember if you saw it or not, but I know I talked about it. Do you remember that documentary on Netflix? Netflix called the that guy that was in that thing.
1: Uh, I didn't see it, but I f- I've heard somebody talk about it. I don't know if it was you or not. It might have been me because I did. It's a character actor movie,
2: right? It's a character actor ah. movie. So my pick this week or time is that gal that was in that thing, oh, which is a character actress, actress movie. movie. It is so good. Oh, that sounds wonderful. That's on Amazon it's, Prime? I think it's on Instant, Netflix Instant. Okay. You should watch it, it even if you haven't seen the, the Dude version. This one is so much better, because where the guy version starts to get like a bit repetitive okay. of them just saying it's hard to get work when you're not Brad Pitt, Like the ladies are like, I got like sexually assaulted on set, and... <laughs> Like, they they tried Fun. to
1: make me play 50 when I was in my 30s. <laughs> stuff like that. I was told to lose 40 pounds to play the fat best friend. Exactly. Like, yeah. it's so good. Okay. I will totally watch that. It sounds great. Nice. The gal or the girl? The gal. The gal. Oh, I love it already. Uh, that's the that's the way to say it. Nice. Hooray. Uh, my Netflix Instant, it's kind of a lazy pick because I just – there was nothing I watched on Instant that I really felt strong about. Um. Pumping as my instant pick. Um, so I was just kind of, I'm like, what else is on Netflix? I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah. Grease 2 is on Netflix Instant. Oh, fun. And I'm just saying, anybody out there, Grease 2 is more fun than Grease. Um, it's ridiculous. Well, that's just a fact. It has damn fun songs. It is goofy as hell and embraces it. And it's a very misunderstood movie that got trashed when it came out because nobody was ready for Grease 2. Um, they probably shouldn't have made it then, but they did, and we're all better for it because it's grease too so that's my instant watch pick uh, it's gonna be your turn for the next pick so do you have anything ready or you want to wait to think about that and let it i've got I've
2: got nothing locked and loaded at this moment okay,
1: well, then I will wait till you can go and uh find your bullets and Kittens to feed to ATMs and gear up for the next one. I'm I'm gonna go shove a cat in an ATM at oh. gunpoint. Oh, well, actually, I have four of them. I can give you one if you want. If you need one, just saying.
2: No, I I wouldn't do that.
1: I'd find one that none of us have
2: a connection to.
1: Oh, But then, no, you'd form a connection to it. I know. The second I saw its beautiful little eyes. you could never get away from it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we will announce what we're doing next on the Facebook page once we decide. Mm -hmm. But we don't know when that will be. So in the meantime, people use condoms, don't have sex with Amber Heard and five other people at the same time because one of them (laughs) might be carrying. Um, And I guess we have to say it. Uh, we both have to go return some video tapes. If you-
0: Uh, Scholastic to discuss with you. What I'm saying here is that, you know, you'll miss the history, right? Like, I got this essay on the fall of Rome. (laughs) I didn't even know they were in trouble. What are you driving at, Demoji? Papers for paper. Essays for cash. Hmm? So that's it? It was what? It's gonna have to be a motorcycle. Good idea. Invest in the cycle. So? So you got a deal. Hey! All right. Listen. When we make the drop, not out here in the open like this, huh? I got a rep to protect.